Culture Shift on 1019 WDET. I'm just joking. It's me, Ryan Patrick Hooper. <laughs> but we did want to get into this spooky spirit here, as you can probably tell from this music. Not our usual intro, something a little bit different. We want to celebrate the Halloween season with you. And to help us get into the mood for the spookiest time of the year, there's a special event later this month. And joining me right now to talk about it, Culture Shift's own Amanda LeClaire. Hello, Amanda. Hi. Honestly, if I had my way, this would be our usual intro music. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about <laughs> launching Dead Air with Amanda LeClaire for a long, long time. It'll happen someday. Yes, yes. Anyway, later this month, November, actually, like next month, November 1st, uh, Ryan Patrick Cooper, myself, and John Mosier from Modern Music have a really great event going on. We are going to be touring the famous or infamous Eloise Asylum in Westland for a truly paranormal experience. And we want you to join us. Uh, so you can go over to WDET.org slash events and grab your tickets there. There's going to be three tours. Mm-hmm. Ryan, you're going to be on the first uh, yeah, leg doing, of it. I'm doing the first tour because... I'm not brave enough to do the midnight tour. You're doing the midnight tour. I'm doing the midnight to 2 a.m. tour, yeah. And John Mosier's right in the middle. So there's three tours that you can get in on of the Eloise Asylum in Westland. Now, these tours, I think for the rest of October, are completely sold out. We added an extra one the first weekend in November. Now, not only are you going to go ghost hunting with us, which I actually have some experience with. I did historic Fort Wayne ghost hunting, oh, that's which was true. Yeah. very, very yeah. scary. We did a story on that. You could check that over at WDET.org. So not only do we get to do some ghost hunting together, but this is a benefit for WDET. So we're always trying to find ways for you to directly benefit public radio and keep us going for another 70 years, but also, you know, give you an experience in return. And, and this is super cool. You know, you're not able to do this all the time. Yeah, not very often. And so, yeah, like Ryan said, a benefit for WDET. DET. Y'all be hanging out with WDET listeners and with uh, Ryan and myself and John Mosier. So go over to WDET.org slash events and scoop up your limited tickets to tour the Eloise Asylum. Amanda, you've brought a special friend that I think is kind of a perfect guest as we're talking about haunted spaces. Who do you have with us in studio right now? Well, in studio right now is writer, paranormal researcher, and Royal Oak native, John Tenney. I know, John, you have to represent Royal Oak. I know you love it there. Yes, absolutely. Had to throw that in. So you've been exploring the weird and spooky corners of our reality for many years now. And every Halloween season, you divulge your encounters with the supernatural to a packed audience around town. Tonight, you're going to be at Stash International, a bar and restaurant in Eastern Market. But we're also here to talk about this year's list that you've put together of most haunted locations in Michigan, the most top 10 most haunted cities. Uh, it's one you've compiled and have been for uh, a few years now. And I got to ask how it comes about. Are these listed according to the experiences you've had on paranormal investigations or are these ranked according to what's been reported to you? Yeah, so I started collecting, um, well, I've been researching paranormal phenomena and supernatural phenomena for 30 years. And about 10 years ago, I realized, oh, I was seeing trends coming in with people who would email me, people who would come up to me at lectures and tell me stories. And I started putting a list together. And I noticed over the years that some cities would become, quote unquote, more haunted and some would become less. So I started releasing the list is a way to give residents of those towns something kind of fun to think about during the Halloween season. Yeah, and so not surprisingly, Detroit has usually made the very top of this list. But last year, it fell off the top to number two. It lost its place to Hamtramck. 
And I got to know what happened there. How did tiny little 2.2 square mile Hamtramck <laughs> make number one? Did it just have some kind of paranormal explosion? Yeah, I, I've never really understood. Sometimes I look at the trends in where people are living or hanging out. Because as buildings become more inhabited, if, if you have an empty space that's been sitting empty and all of a sudden you have a coffee shop move into it and nobody's been in there for 20 years, like I might get a burst of experiences out of one block of buildings or one uh, condo complex or one apartment building. And I think that's what happened when Hamtramck was one. I think that, that there were a lot of people opening up new businesses and so all of a sudden all of these experiences were happening and then this year, just Detroit popped right back up to the top. Yeah, naturally. So one of the things, I, I'm, I'm jealous of a lot of aspects of your job, actually. But one of them is that you get to hear about all of these odd experiences that people have. Not only ghosts, but uh, Bigfoot, UFOs, all across like the spectrum of the paranormal. Um, so let's get back to talking about Detroit proper. Some of the most paranormally active locations here are really not a huge surprise, like the Whitney, which is just next door, the Masonic down the street, down Cass Avenue. Uh, these are places that are really quite public about the reported encounters that they've had. And not to totally move away from the list, but what are some of the more unusual but, but really active locations in Detroit where paranormal activity has been reported to you? So I tell people all the time, you can go to a haunted location that knows it's haunted and that puts on tours. But if you just want to get out and experience the weirdness of a city, uh, like Detroit is the perfect place for it. So I get reports every single year consistently for 30 years from Cass and Woodward Avenue, from the, that kind of intersection right there, where people will see uh, in the steam coming up from the streets, they'll see the shape or form of a woman running across the street. And as I researched there, there have been a number of accidents that have happened there. But if I track them back to how long I've been getting those reports, it does seem to be the essence, spirit, entity, whatever you want to call it, of a person. But it's, it's just right there. It's, right, it's a, a crossroads, right? And that has kind of significance, too, in paranormal and supernatural stuff. You always hear, even in music, about the crossroads and how it's kind of a, a thinning of the veil between words. But that's a really good example. Uh, you and I were speaking off mic earlier about Mount Olivet Cemetery in Detroit, mm -hmm. which has one of the craziest uh, ghost stories that I've heard in a long time. Uh, I got a letter from someone and then uh, started researching it and found out that other people had seen a cowboy riding through Mount Olivet Cemetery. Horse, cowboy hat. Uh, there were even a couple of reports, uh, uh, different witnesses I found who said that they could hear the guns from the cowboy shooting in Mount Olivet Cemetery. The really interesting part is when I deep dived Mount Olivet, I found out that there's an actor there named Tom Tyler, who in the 1920s and 30s was a huge motion picture star in cowboy movies. And he's a Hamtramck native. And I think that people might be seeing the ghost of Tom Tyler. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I need to hear another ghost story, though, from, from somewhere along uh, a very traveled route in Detroit. So in, I'm from Royal Oak, uh, in downtown Royal Oak, just outside of 11 Mile. Uh, so if you're headed toward between 11 and a half mile and 12 mile road, there's a little cemetery wedge that's called uh, St. Mary's Cemetery. And you have Main Street on one side of it and Rochester Road on the other. If you drive the Rochester Road that joins Catalpa and 12 Mile, way, way back in the day when that cemetery was created, that cemetery stretched across Rochester Road. And so when they built Rochester Road, some of the graves were too old to move, so they built the road right over the top. 
I am flooded every single year by people who see figures walking across Rochester Road from one side of the cemetery to the other, and, and people literally drive through the people. They slam on the brakes, but they'll still go right through them. I grew up right over there, and that makes a lot of sense. That cemetery is very weird. It's a super weird, weird cemetery. And in high school, that was definitely the place to take the creepy goth photos there for sure. I still take photos there. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are talking to paranormal researcher John Tenney right now in studio. For those who want to see this year's list of the most haunted Michigan cities, you can go to weirdlectures.com where you can also see where he will be speaking this year tonight. You're going to be at Stash International Eastern Market. And coming up uh, later this weekend, October 20th, there is a conference that you're going to be at as well, right? Yeah, there's uh, Spiritually Connected, which is at the Flagstar Strand Theater in Pontiac. And it's a smaller event. And even though it's ghosty and we talk about hauntings and stuff, we also talk about the more metaphysical aspects of it and how you can use ghost stories to enrich your life other than just be scared and and freak each other out. Because there is something really interesting that you can deep dive on the human psychology. If there's no such thing as ghosts, if ghosts are only stories that we use as a mechanism to talk to each other, that still makes them really important. Talking about the psychology of it, I would imagine with your experience that you've got some um, resolve, that you're kind of strong in these situations that might be scary to someone else. But was there a moment in your career of doing this stuff that that you were shaken to your core, an experience that you had that just really kind of hit you in the gut? It's very weird how you can acclimate to strangeness. So at this point, 30 years in, I have been pushed by unseen hands and scratched by unseen fingers and heard people speak into my ears, and it's all pretty commonplace to me. But there was a time 30 years ago when I first started when these experiences absolutely freaked me out. Uh, I still get startled being in an empty room that you think is empty and there's no one there and you hear a voice will still startle you and scare you. For me, though, it's the physical aspects of I was in a cemetery many years ago and I was walking and I heard wood kind of splintering under my feet. And I thought that since it was an old cemetery, they didn't always bury people six feet underground. Sometimes they just dug a low grave. And I thought, well, I'm going to fall into this this grave. And so I stepped backwards. And when I stepped backwards, that's when I actually plunged through the top of a coffin and ended up laying in a grave. That's when you really start taking a mental check on yourself and the situation and choices that you've made throughout <laughs> your career life. choices yeah. specifically, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned earlier kind of this thinning between worlds right now. And so if you are the sort of person who's involved in the whole witchy new age or paranormal, you know, landscape, you often hear that phrase, the veil being very thin this time of year. Um, and I've... N- I've never entirely known what to make of that because in your history, John, uh, with all sorts of high strangeness, ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, and everything in between, do you find that right now high strangeness or supernatural things have a higher chance of happening? Only because people are thinking about it more. Uh, The supernatural, the paranormal, whatever you want to call it, is not on a timetable. As a matter of fact, when I heard you guys speaking earlier saying, Uh, one of you is doing the later investigation. Ghosts aren't wearing watches. If they're real, they're not waiting for it to get dark to do their thing. So when you investigate during the day, it's just as active as it would be at night. But you don't have the contamination of street noise and dogs barking and people mowing their lawns. So your mind becomes more kind of hyper acute to what's going on. That's not reassuring for me on the 7 o'clock tour. It shouldn't be. I've always really liked this uh, this phrase. I think I've been hearing more, because uh, if you can't tell, I'm a huge paranormal fan, um, more in from researchers where 
basically the idea is when you start looking at the paranormal, it starts looking back at you and opening up yourself or your mind in any kind of way opens you up to uh, interactions that you you know may not be always ready for. Absolutely. I mean, we see that in our everyday life, like just a simple choice of wanting to engage uh, creates a fuller, richer life. And that seems to be what happens with the paranormal or the supernatural uh, very recently as a real world story about how your life can kind of change. Uh, at a grocery store near my house, I saw someone with a crystal. The cashier had a crystal on the register in front of him. And so I pointed out that was a nice piece of rose quartz. And he asked me how I knew what the crystal was. I told him what I did. And before I knew it, uh, two days later, I'm in this giant old haunted house in uh, just outside of Lake Orion that his grandmother had owned. And all it took for the strangeness to find me was for me to be open enough about my weirdness uh, we are often stigmatized for having our, these strange beliefs, but they're beliefs and ideas that everyone has. The most materialistic, mechanized scientist skeptic that I know uh, has come up to me and said, but there was this one time. Every materialist, every skeptic that I've ever met, whether or not they believe, they still have one time that makes them doubt their seemingly shared reality with me. Yeah. And speaking about like a, a engagement with, you know, the supernatural or the paranormal, um, again, going back to this tour that Ryan and John Mosher and I are going to be doing at the Eloise Asylum, I got to know what is the proper etiquette when exploring these supposedly haunted locations and um, whether you believe in them or not, when you're trying to interact with what, what might be some really sad, angry or distressed spirits, how do you approach that? So you, I, I always tell people when I do lectures or I do little classes and whatever you would call ghost hunting 101 is that you interact with spirits as if they were people because if they were at one time a person, they might still retain the qualities of their humanness. And because of television and movies, there's this very hyperbolic nature where people want to go in and scream at ghosts and have the ghosts fight them and punch me and push me down. Uh, and that's just not how you would start a conversation with someone at a bar or a restaurant. You'd walk up, you'd introduce yourself, uh, speak in relaxed tones, uh, emphasize that you want to communicate and you don't want them to perform a circus trick. If you just want to talk to me, then talk to me. Otherwise, I'm just going to sit here with you. The other thing is, too, I, I've seen this a lot on television and in people doing ghost hunts. If you make a promise uh, while you're ghost hunting or looking for spirits, if you say something like, if you uh, can touch me on the shoulder, I'll leave the building. If you then get touched on the shoulders, you must leave the building like you've made a promise. I see this on television shows all the time where they'll say, can you tell us your name? If you tell us your name, we'll leave. And then they'll hear someone's name and they'll say, oh, so that was your name. When when did you die? And I'm like, no, no, no. Now you're lying to spirits. That sounds a lot like dating advice. Don't give mixed messages to ghosts. <laughs> um, and, but the thing is, too, is, you know, you, you talk about kind of angry ghosts or, or maybe a violent ghost. That, again, is on us. We have difficulty dealing day to day with other human beings that are sitting right across from us that we can see and understand. Um, and we have difficulty determining their motivations. Now you're dealing with an invisible entity that exists in some realm for which we have no experiential data for. And we're going to make a judgment call on if they're mad or sad or angry. This is a kind of, again, kind of driven, the narrative driven by television and movies. You know, if something pulls your hair, it must be mad. If something scratches you, it must be trying to attack you. When the reality of the situation is no one knows 
really any definitive answers about the paranormal, the supernatural, if, if it's even real. And so if you do get scratched to immediately make the judgment call that something was trying to hurt you, that's on you, not on the spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, John, you are going to be at Stash International again in Eastern Market tonight. Uh, if you want to see uh, where John Tunney is going to be speaking for the rest of the month, you can go to weirdlectures.com. And last question before we let you go. Are you working on any really interesting cases right now that you can talk about? I am. I have a book coming out in early. It'll be very cheap. It's kind of a journal. But in 2018, Michigan experienced a rash of sightings of bizarre creatures. And this is everything from uh, robot-looking humanoids with glass-domed heads to uh, three-and-a-half-inch discs with legs that were walking around people's neighborhoods, about 30 to 40 sightings throughout 2018. So I've collected and compiled all those, and I'm putting out a book this upcoming year. Oh, wow. All right. Well, we got to have you back then, for sure. All right. All right. Thank you so much. John Tenney has been our guest. This is Culture Shift here on 1019 WDET. 